Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a postponement special. I've never done a postponement special show before. And actually, when I stopped to, I made the suggestion this, there's enough, I stopped to, actually, there's not an awful lot to talk about. But in my, in my, um, in these situations, I bring one man in. That's, that's my uh, co-compatriot, Mr. Neil Fizzler. How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. At least I'm doing a lot better than the poor buggers that went to Blackburn today. Well, this is this is it. Um, it, it. It really rankles. This, this postponement listeners today rankles in a way that um, I don't know. It's it, it just almost speaks volumes for football's disdain for its paying customers. I mean, there are blokes. I've been look. You know, you've been looking at the same stuff on social media. You know, people have travelled a long way. Not just Millwall fans either. Actually, I was. I was actually looking at a party of Chileans who had come over from Chile to watch Bren, Ben Brereton Diaz, of whom more in a little bit. Um, and of course, he wasn't playing. And then the games got postponed. So how's, how's, how's your luck generally? Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this has been a shambles, Neil. I don't know. There's no other word for it today, in my opinion. Mm. Absolute shambles. I think this is where football really lets itself down. They must have known that there was bad weather on the way yeah. because they have yeah. be, because they have all kinds of radars and access to this, that and the other these days, don't they? Yeah, but they can tell you what the weather's going to be like in a week. So they must have known there was a bit of snow. Or, yeah, well, except it only started snowing pretty mid-morning or something like that. That's but then at 12 o'clock, yeah, 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 well, you can predict it. I think Exeter yeah. called their game off yesterday because of something that might have happened. And it just makes a mockery of the whole thing. To say it's on at 12 o'clock, and then to say, but we're going to have another look at 2.15. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just defies belief. And then to call it off at 2.15, and apparently yeah. 20 minutes later, there's blue skies and sunshine. It's, it, it's British weather, isn't it? I mean, that's that's classic British weather generally. But you're right. Um, snow is predictable. Um, they they track it on radar. They They know... Traveling is going to be difficult. I mean, we've we've had um, in London. We've we caught the brunt of Storm Eunice yesterday. We've all seen the damage to the O2 Stadium and and, and other places too. There's, I've seen church spires coming down across the country and trees galore. So football and by football, what do we mean? We mean the, we mean the EFL, which is a multi-million pound organisation 
knows that travel is going to be difficult. You know, you've got games on featuring northern and southern sides. People traveling the uh, uh, Pompey have, have had the same experience. You know, they've had a game called off at 45 minutes notice, um, which they're fuming about themselves. So we're not alone in this. We're, we're a Millwall show, so we, we speak from a Millwall perspective. But this, this... If you have a look at it, Preston are playing, yeah. and that's right next to Blackburn. Bolton yeah. are playing. Yeah. Um, and to rub it all in, probably the worst, the highest ground in the world is play, or the, certainly in the country, Oldham Athletic, they're playing. So yeah. it's a coincidence that Blackburn had a few injury problems. Including that star team. man, the aforesaid BBD, um, yes. top, top scorer in the division. Have they got in the ear of the referee? And well, let's face it, we yeah, well, we generally get fuck all up there, do we? I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the three penalties that we were denied just after lockdown ended oh, a yeah, couple of yeah, seasons yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Have they got in the ear of the referee and said, "Look, well, you know, it's all a bit dangerous out there," knowing damn well that when we go back up there. In however long it is, I guess it will be about a month or so, won't it? A midweeker, be a Tuesday yeah. night in Blackburn, won't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they'll have all of these players suddenly and miraculously be fit, mm. and uh, they'll be back up nearly up to full strength. But then, but then again, that could play into our hands because we've got a load of players out. So might one or two of them be back in time? Well, I mean, we we we, we hope so. Um, I'm going to come on to today's would would have been starting eleven in a moment. But um, I've been following a lot of the Twitter feeds all day. I, um, I've not travelled as as listeners can tell. Um, but I've been following Jack Clark, and he's, he was posting how Preston Station was shut due to Storm Eunice damage. Um, which takes out a pretty strategic changing point on the rail network. And he'd come up with some um, you know, alternative route that involved catching a cab from Manchester Piccadilly to somewhere else. I, I, I mean, it, it would have it would have been a made a great TV programme for Michael Portillo or someone to travel the, <laughs> the, 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 the you know the highways and byways of Lancashire to, to get to the to the ground. And, um, See what he should have done was he should actually have gone onto a Charlton message board because they would <laughs> because they would be absolutely world class at, at finding <laughs> ways around the rail network, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, well, I saw people going to Wigan and yeah. getting a cab, a forty yeah. pound cab up to Blackburn. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just it. It's just superb the way that people in, find ways to get into watching game of football. There's I think that's with a referee who's got small man syndrome or something has decided to call the game off. Yeah, I mean it's 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 laughable. Um, and incidentally, I'm I'm just looking as we're speaking. I mean, um, okay, these are these are Yorkshire, but there's rugby league games going on up north. You know which involves being physically thrown to the ground a lot, Neil, doesn't it? You know, it's not like... And um, Hartlepool are playing, and Hartlepool is known as being the coldest ground on earth. Christ almighty, Serrano Fines does his Antarctic expedition training in Hartlepool. Absolutely. It's absolutely cold, even in the middle of summer when it's 120 everywhere else, it's minus four in Hartlepool. But Blackburn, um, supposedly, have got a few injuries. So they decide to get in the ear of the referee and call the game off. If they want to come back to me on that, feel free. I won't listen. <laughs> Some of us smell a rat. I think that's the best we can say about it. I mean, I'm just looking. You're right. Preston are 2-0 down as we're speaking, as we're 
recording. Um, so that's that's a home at, uh, at Deepdale. So you know, clearly it was possible to play. And as as Neil says, it's it's because of their own injury uh, that the, the league's top scorer is not available. Um, so what can they do to try and get themselves out of a pickle? Um, and they, they've 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 hit a home run there because they got cancelled with forty five minutes. No, this should not be. It should not be possible unless in, in extreme force majeure type conditions, Neil, for a top level sporting occasion to be cancelled with forty five minutes before kickoff. It just shouldn't be so, should it? It's. it's um, it, I, don't, I don't know why it's rankling me so. I think I think it's kind of um, it just speaks volumes for the amateur hour nature of, of English football at times. Achtung, There we are. You're back. Yeah, you are back. It wasn't me that time. It was you. It, you froze. We talked about it. it was you that froze. <laughs> was it was you that froze. Serious. I think we've got works okay. I'm not gonna, the listeners need to know that we just had a freeze out. Like Neil froze and I froze from his point of view. It was a mutual freeze out. It was a bit like the Ukraine at the moment, where everyone's you know looking for the other. Yeah, it was a bit like Blackburn at twelve yeah. o'clock, wasn't it? <laughs> oh dear! I mean, it's just amateurish. Um, I, I won't do my my rant again, Neil, because it just involves slagging off the EFL for presiding over this amateurish amateurish system but um it, it, it as i repeat the point it shouldn't be possible to cancel a major sports event with 45 minutes notice other than in extreme extreme circumstances which i didn't see today yeah we've got the, uh, soil heating and things like that so i can't surely they have <laughs> yeah what do they do conveniently forget to switch it on last night because they knew the top scorer was out christ on yeah I, 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 england i'll tell you should annex it Annex it from the rest of the world. <laughs> Radical solutions. <laughs> we do have our own injury crisis. I mean, I was just going to um, touch on whilst we're on the on the line, listeners. Our starting eleven would have been Barton goal. It would have been a back line of Murray Wallace, uh, Sean Hutchinson, and Jake Cooper with Danny Mack on the left, uh, on the right. Sorry, and and Scott Malone overlapping on the on the uh, on the left. Uh, the middle uh, midfield, no Keefton Belt was out with a hamstring. Um, in, uh, injury. Incidentally, hats off to the South London Press for their uh, Mill hamstrung by by hamstring headline. I thought that was that was that was one that you'd been proud of, Mill, wasn't it? A headline like that, hamstrings by hamstrings. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. And a front line. Well, that would have been Savile and, and and Billy Mitch in, in midfield, and then the front line would have been um, a start for Tyler Bury, which is a crying shame because I thought he was a real standout from. From that game against QPR on on, on uh, Tuesday night, with uh, Jed and and uh, Mason Bennett up front, quite. A, I mean, the one thing that did come out of the game on Tuesday on it was Tuesday, wasn't it? Not Wednesday. Um, was the mobility and speed of movement of that front three nil, and that's something we haven't seen at Mill for a long time. A fast, skillful, intelligent front three. Yeah, we complained about the injury problems that we've got, but it's actually forcing us to try some different things and I totally agree with you Tyler Bury is well overdue for his first start he's been he's been absolutely magnificent in the couple of games that he's come on for uh of course he had a longer run out on Tuesday night but caused them infinite amount of problems and he caused the he caused whoever we played I forget who we played last weekend but he caused Cardiff, them, Cardiff, wasn't it? Cardiff caused them quite a few problems when he came on, didn't he? Towards Absolutely. that little 
towards that little run out. And I think Mason Bennett's probably in the middle of uh, his best run of form since he's been here, hasn't he? He's, 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 Purple patch, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he looks absolutely on fire at the minute. And it's just, a, it's just frustrating that we've got these injuries because Tom Bradshaw was another one who just hit a purple patch. Yeah. 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 And had found quite a bit of, had found quite a bit of form and then, and then the injuries. I mean, you get, you get messages, you get, you get, you get people commenting online about the amount of injuries and the fact that we seem to be um, picking up so many at the moment, the, the, the hamstrings being um, a particular problem. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't believe that Calmont Road, you know, is is that poor a facility. I mean, most footballers have been the modern footballers are highly tuned um, thoroughbred, Neil, isn't he? So not like the boys from the past, but they will all have been, you know, they're playing on grass at the end of the day. It's not that bad a place down. I can't believe the the, the surface is that poor at, uh, at Calmont Road. Um, I think it was in the days of Bobby Backache. <laughs> the butcher, the butcher of Downham was. <laughs> but I, but I'm led to believe that they've relayed the pitches there a number of times. Is, well, maybe it is. Is is it something to do with the strength and conditioning? I don't know. Maybe if somebody knows, let us know. Uh, but there's def- there's something wrong because the number of hamstring injuries and ankle problems and. Knee injuries that we're picking up—it's—it's it's it, just not real, really, is it? It's—it's it's beyond. It's a lot. I do agree. Um, I mean, I, I know that um, the the club obviously are, are overseeing this this relocation to the new training centre once it's been set up out near um, out near Falkham and Brands Hatch out that way, isn't it? Um, which we hope will be at a level where. We're not talking about Bobby Backaches, Calmont Road Butcher's Shop anymore. We're, we're, we're talking about the pro- a production line of fine talent. That's the hope, but that's that's not that's around the corner. It's not it's not um, not here and now. But so we, I mean, it does seem to have been a very very harsh season for injuries. Um, well, what lies behind that? I don't know. I'd love to, you know. I'm sure the club would love to know, but. Um, that would I'm have sure been it the stuff. Help that we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Well, and, and there's there, no real yeah. in it. There it is. I think that was. I mean, that was the point I was going to make. It's it, we, we said when we did our um, history show. You now, what is a relentless February? You know, I know that COVID has obviously caused postponements, and now here we are again today, speaking on Saturday afternoon with another postponement to to fit into the into the schedule. But um, I, I I do believe it's just the the sheer relentless pace of. I mean, last season was a condensed season, and, and and I think this season has been pretty much um, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday midweek, and I think it does take its toll in the end, doesn't it? We don't have a deep squad, do we? We're the best one in the world, so it must. I think we've had a bit of a come. longer pre-season last season. We did have a pre-season, I think, before the lockdown season. I think we virtually didn't. We only have a month off or something like that in between. There was a shortish break, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, one season finishing and a new one starting. starting three, three or four weeks, something like that. It wasn't long. Yeah, and they managed to, and maybe it's a culmination of 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 all the football over the past couple of months. But it doesn't help when we sign a player in Luke Freeman, <laughs> and he plays for what. Ten minutes or something. Thirteen. Get it right. Thirteen minutes. I was I was a witness to the thirteen minutes of Luke. Yeah. 
and pops um, his hamstring and something and is out for the rest of the season. And oh, mate, you've allowed your luck. You haven't got any of you. Let's face it. it, it you, no, no. It just, um, it up. It's just frustrating because in the last two games, we've looked really good. And we had the chance today to go up the Blackburn to win a game of football because they were suffering some injuries. And you'd have fancied us for at least a point today, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Blackburn minus uh, Ben Brereton-Diaz Diaz, are a very different um, proposition to to when he's playing. He's, he's, he's really a form striker this season. Um, and he wasn't going to feature today. So... Um, as you say, I think a point would have been, if not more, I would have been on Mill's agenda. Um, I mean, that's starting eleven, actually. You know, I, I, just going back to the uh, the first team today. I mean, you can talk about the bench, which I think is where our thinness comes through a lot, because the bench today: uh, George Long, Alex Pierce, who you know opinions will will vary. Conor Mahoney doesn't seem to be able to buy a game a start at the moment. Uh, Dan Ballard back after injury. George Evans again. Jury's considering his case at the moment, aren't they? Uh, and then we've got Tyrese Briscoe and, and Zach Lovelace from from the kids. And um, great to see them. But the fact that there's two kids sitting on the bench does rather imply that um, we've gone through the you know the the, the, the trousers that we've we've gone through the the, the arrest of the trousers now, aren't we? And uh, our, our pants are showing because you know. That's the that's that's what we're coming down to. Great to see them get a chance. Um, yeah, but H made the point last week that uh, on the post match show we we recorded last week. Yeah, that really probably Rabbit doesn't want to use them. into it. But at the moment, you mentioned Conor Mahoney. Yeah. You can't see Conor Mahoney getting a game anyway because he's got Bury and uh, Jed Wallace in front of him. Yeah, probably actually got Oliver Burke there now as well. If he wasn't injured, depending on his recovery, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had a scan, and then he brought in Luke Freeman as well. So where does that leave? Where does that leave poor old Conor Mahoney? I would suggest looking for a new club in the summer because I can't Uh, out in the cold. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was just looking through some as before we started recording, listeners. I was thinking. you know, I could have gone to a non-league game, and then I saw Canvey Island pop up, and I was, I th- I, it was that was like Ice Station Zebra last week. I, I dread to think what that would be, but I think that's where Conor Mahoney might find himself playing um, because he's certainly not going to get a start at the Den. Um, that was one of the more expensive mistakes I think that the club have made in recent times. We, we speak a lot, don't we, Neil, about recruitment, and you know, you can always, you can always, it's easy to pick up the errors, um, and we got rid of. Uh, but Varson and, and Skalak has gone there to expensive errors. Unfortunately, I think you've got to put Conor Mahoney in that bracket now because um, was he a million? Was he a million plus or something like that when he signed him? He, 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 was, certainly, he was certainly in the three quarters of a million pound bracket, wasn't he? Yeah. And, but to be honest, a few times that he played, he if he if he can actually run at the defence and run at players, he does look quite dangerous. It's just that unfortunately those 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 things are few and too far between. Occasions are so rare. Aren't they? Mill yeah. history, Mill history. Um, say he, the, the fee is thought to be up, thought to be one point two million. Thought to be. So I don't know how much credence to 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 give that Conor Mahoney. 
sign I've from... read three quarters of a million. I don't know what it says in my book, uh, but don't know. Um, it's it's going to be. A, I mean, if three quarters of a million to a million, whatever you want to pick out there, listeners, it's going to be a fair sum of money. Um, it, it just hasn't worked out. And I think you're right, Neil. The fact that um, Tyler Bury is starting today speaks volumes, uh, and and rightly so because. You know, Tyler got his chance, has taken his chance, and Connor has been given a few chances and hasn't delivered. And football's a results business in the end, isn't it? It's uh, no no hiding place. So that's right. And I also think that when a manager comes in, he he takes to players and he doesn't take to players. And sometimes a player has to take those opportunities when they're presented. And I don't think uh, Connor Mahoney has, although he has, again, he hasn't been helped by a couple of lengthy periods out with injury. So he hasn't been, he hasn't been able to play himself into Gary Rowett's thinking, has he? No. Again, a player of great talent though. I mean, he's certainly got the ingredients, but um, I mean, non-league is littered with players with ability that didn't, didn't click in the football league. And, it's not always about talent, Neil, is it? It's about what goes on in your head and your approach. And, and I think what you've just touched on there, that that's um, base common sense that says a manager wants to see certain things. What can I do to deliver what he wants to see? And I don't think sometimes some players make that connection at times. I think kind of maybe in that bracket. I, I think he'll be moving on at the end of the season. I don't see any, any point to him being at the den at the moment because, you know, yes, he was on the he bench today. Play, he? he just, he, nah. yeah, but he just isn't going to play. The, yeah, but the interesting player who is out of contract at the end of the season is actually Keftenbeld. Yes. Who, yeah. who, who in the last two or three games has been absolutely magnificent. I've and has injured his hamstring. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes and bursts his hamstring and he's out for however long. So, so it's very interesting that I did see, I, well, I only saw the headline, but a heavy summer of transfer activity touted, I think, on a, mm. I think was touted on either News at Den or a, or, or the South London Press. I think John uh, Berylson mentioned it in his, in his um, kind of open letter that he, he posted, didn't he? Talk about an exciting summer of, of recruitment, which... Um, yeah, well, that's going to send everyone into overdrive, isn't it? And if, you know, if he doesn't bring in fifteen new players and spend and spend fifty million quid, we're going to be accused <laughs> of having no ambition, isn't he? It's going to be a superb summer. Maybe we should have like a bingo contest as a fundraiser for some local charity. How many times in your footballing, mill supporting life have you heard "big summertime of recruitment ahead"? You know, it's it. And you could have like a bingo call for who's got the money. I don't know. It's everybody up, doesn't it? And you know what some Millwall fans are like. They'll be expected. <laughs> yeah, they'll be expected Harland to be <laughs> to be trotted out at the yeah, at the dead next season and things like that. I, I I confess that I fall for it every time. I'm like one of these um Bridget, as Joe, well. Joe, Bridget Jones heroines of chick lit uh, you know, always fall for the wrong bloke. You know, I'm 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 like that. And um I've bought into John's promise now of big money spending in the summertime. But, but, so we'll see. see yeah, but I don't get. want to criticise John because obviously he's a fantastic chairman and has kept us, yeah. kept us going. But I wish he wasn't such a dick tease as the promise <laughs> of a big summer of transfers 
and we're we're everybody up into a frenzy. We're going to talk about it between now and the end of the season. Yeah, expectations (laughs) are high, aren't they? Running high. There we are. And, yeah, well, we know damn well it's only going to lead to disappointment. What happened the last time we had a... Yeah, we had a big summer. We, we, we got we got Jerry, Jerry, John, Daddy, and and uh, Connor, and that was that big moment. Yeah, no, it was even thing. worse before that, didn't we? End up with Richard Chaplow, Nicky Bailey, and <laughs> yeah, well, that summer where he brought a lot of players in on free transfers, but paid them stupid amounts of money. And that uh, Chaplow, that was very handy on the Monopoly board. You wouldn't get much past him <laughs> on the game of Monopoly. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, on to Derby. We've got, we, we, we've, we've nothing to talk about, really, listeners. We've managed to stretch nothing out to twenty-five minutes now. This is this is what this is why I bring in professional journalists like Neil Fisler to get a lot twenty minutes worth of of, of padding out of, out of not very much going on today. But we're gonna we've got an away fixture now Wednesday night, Neil, at uh, at Derby County. Um, Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I haven't. I'm 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 torn between whether to watch this documentary series that's on Netflix. Was it? Or I've Amazon watched Prime? it. Yeah, I've it. Okay. It on Is it good? I, it, the snippets I've seen seem quite interesting. It seems. Um, it's quite it's sanitized got... because obviously it's done from his point of view and his yeah. agent's executive yeah. producer, but it does. Uh, but it does address his uh, his uh, nocturnal activities with oh, grandma. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Colleen and Colleen talks about that. And uh, Is she good. It, 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 uh, I was yeah, well, like you, I was very sceptical. And a pal of mine, a good pal of mine, who's a mm. football agent, sent me a message and said, "You've got to watch his Wayne Rooney thing." <laughs> one night or one evening, so I switched it on, and it was quite good. It's it, yeah, but it's watchable. It's not brilliant, but it's definitely watchable. It, it does have a look. Into him. I watched the nearest. Uh, I haven't watched one for a little while. I started to watch the um, the, the Manchester City did one, which was uh, like you just said, it was very sanitized. I think with these um, Netflix docu docu series or whatever they want to call them. Um, they, they start, and if you have to keep remembering, they start from the premise that this is um, this this is this is to to promote the uh, the interviewee. It's not like Jeremy Paxman trying to pull apart a prime minister or a potential prime minister. This is this is actually ultimately for the promotion of Wayne Rooney, rather than the um, to check get to whatever you might call objective truth of him. So. Um, I will have a look. The, the, the Manchester City one that I watched, which was on a few years ago now, was was okay. But you did get a sense that the cameras went quiet at certain key moments when. Yeah, the Tottenham maybe... one was quite good. When Song that... and uh, goalkeeper. Okay, I haven't seen that. Yeah. I think it was the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Was it Song and the goalkeeper had a punch up in the dressing room and they actually <laughs> showed it? <laughs> which okay, was... fair play. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that didn't quite happen. Worth it. But yeah. actually, uh, I think. Just as we're talking about this, didn't Casey Keller once write uh, he was doing a doctorate or a dissertation and I think he did it on his Millwall teammates. Did he? Did he? <laughs> and wouldn't and wouldn't ever show it to them, I think, <laughs> at the time. I mean, that would have been quite a I suppose to some a... to some level. I mean it was a different era, but um Eamon Dunphy's book, Only a Game, was a bit of a um character assassination but it was an honest portrayal as he saw them uh, of, of his teammates and that's very difficult to do isn't it um because you're going to pro- provoke some bad feeling 
one way or the other, you know, you're going to say something about somebody that isn't doesn't go down well with them. So, um, I read only yeah. a game again last year for the first yeah. time in a long time. Probably I've matured a bit since I read it. Yeah, and yeah. it is anybody that hasn't that hasn't actually read it. Any of our younger listeners or any or any of our older ones only a gang by Eamon Dumphy get it off of uh, Amazon it's uh it's a diary of a season of Millwall in what 70 73 74 I think it is yeah yeah because he, he leaves doesn't he? he goes to Charlton at, at um, the end of the season when he's, he's he's kind of like an outcast after being um a den mainstay from for you know through the late 60s and into the early 70s and it, i read it a bit like yourself maybe you know, and I, I read it when it came out so i would have been about um 15 16 when it was published and i bought it from that shop that um the club used to have up on the uh the old converted chapel it was a club shop miles from the ground up near new cross station and i went, went up there to buy it and i read it and i think as a as a teenager um I suppose I didn't appreciate the layers of what was really going on in the book. And I think you have to read it as an adult, as a man, to understand that that's a livelihood that's playing out towards a uh, an, almost an unknown finish at the end of it. It's There's a lot in the book. It's well worth a read. I agree with you. It's, it's, it seems one of the classics of the genre, isn't it? Yeah, I know everybody goes on about a couple of Gary Nelson books uh, and things like that, but they were honest. But I think this was the first one of its kind, and it was groundbreaking stuff. And, and it is brutally honest. And Dumphy wasn't liked by an awful lot of his ex-teammates. If if you speak to, if you speak no. to Brian King, he hasn't got a good word to say about no, it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, he blamed Eamon Dumphy for us not getting promoted in uh, 71, 72. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose it still hurts, you know. I mean, I know when I've spoken to Brian in the past, and I was lucky to to do an interview with him on on this show, and it still hurts the fact that we didn't get promoted, and it still digs, and it and the fact he didn't get capped for England, I think, still digs. It's still after all these years. I mean, what's that now? It's fifty years ago, nearly. Yeah, it still hurts. It still hurts, but there we are. Um, we've come far from Wayne Rooney and Derby County. Um, that's yeah, another winnable well. Yeah, but they're doing quite well. Since they've... Whatever you think of Wayne Rooney, he has done an absolutely magnificent job there. They've been kanged by by the EFL for, yeah. what, 21 points deduction yeah. this season, which would be enough to break anybody. Absolutely. As yeah, well, as it stands, and we're recording seven points as well within safety. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. No, they will come at us. Um, I think you're right. I think he's doing a managerially brilliant job, um, which I never would have expected, Neil. But then I've yet to watch the. Maybe there's. The, I'm, I'm hoping that by watching the documentary, I'll, I'll detect some of the layers of to the man that aren't apparent from the cartoon image, if you like, that you get from the press sometimes. And he creates himself because they can only report on what, what the player's done. Um, but I do think it's going to be a difficult um, fixture. Um, but one thing that struck me when I looked at that starting eleven that would have played this afternoon up there at Ewood Park, I wouldn't be unhappy to see that start on Wednesday night. Um, 
a front three of, like we said, of Tyler, Jed Wallace, and Mason Bennett, I think will be a, that 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 will be an interesting an interesting front line. I'll probably put them up, up against most teams in our division and expect to get goals, which is the first time I think in a long while that we can can say that truth. So it's going to be an interesting fixture. Um, well, let's face it, there's a bit of feeling between Mason Bennett and Derby County fans, aren't <laughs> you? there after the Snapchat. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, one or two other things that he might have got up to, the, which we won't go into on the Won't family. go into that either. No, I mean, I, I like Mason Bennett. And I, I, I think I what's do. interesting is, like a few others in our in our side, I know it's not been the best of seasons, but they do seem to be... It's been a repeat thing I've heard across many forums and, and posts and whatnot that the, the teams seem to be getting along well with each other. And I think that he, he seems to have found his um, his spot here at the Den. And I think like a lot of players, some do, some don't. He he, he seems to be one that has found his you know his, his home. Um, and that's great to great to see. Um, yeah, do you fancy a- Millwall history? Actually, you look at Millwall history. There are play. It's littered. With players, and we speak about it on the history program on a regular basis, players that don't fit in anywhere else but seem to find their niche down at Millwall. Maybe because they, yeah, maybe because some of them are at last chance saloon and to to be paid. I think you're right. They pull their fingers out, but sometimes it just clicks somewhere and you play for managers, don't you? And And obviously, Rowett knows him well from Derby. He he would, of course, know George Evans well from yeah, Derby. Yeah, yeah. Probably knows Alex Pierce well from yes. Derby. So yeah. there's a there's a spine, isn't there? And of course, um, Rowett himself has um, some yeah. Derby connections, doesn't he? So it's going to be an interesting game. Do you fancy us to get get anything up there Wednesday night? How do you see it? I, I do because purely the way we're playing at the minute, we've almost. Ooh. I'll liken Tuesday night to when Rowett first arrived. It was almost like a carefree yeah, a performance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if yeah, Danny Mack hadn't skied that chance after about 30 seconds, <laughs> we'd been we'd have been even more comfortable. But it was but it was a throwback to when Rowett first arrived and we played with gay abandonment almost, didn't we? I we agree. Had... I agree. Um, yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. There was a there was a weight lifted off the shoulders, and and hopefully we can we can continue that. It was almost like Rowett had listened to me and H last <laughs> last Saturday night, which I'm which I'm actually going to which I'm actually going to yeah, but I'm going to claim. The motivational speech that was H and myself to a certain extent, uh, providing his pre-match team talk. Who knows? Who knows? Play that again. We're more than happy to do him another one, and we are available for personal appearances in a dressing room before games if they want us to. Yeah, if he wants to wind a few whatevers into a few players and to fire them up. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I would be amazed if if he didn't have a sneaky listen, even though he wouldn't ever admit that he does. But um, no, There's I mean the, the cute. I've had a listen, haven't they? So have you heard what oh, these three clowns are saying about you? These two clowns, yeah. I, I mean, it, it must, must, you must do. But anyway, 
I mean, that the, the QPR win, um, one of my pre-match notes for today, if, if, if the game had taken place, was that it was the best... It was the best and most enjoyable Millwall performance since the mythical, not mythical, legendary away win at Nottingham Forest in March 2020. So that's two years, two years where I think probably collectively, Neil, we, we've had wins and we've had good games here and there. But that was the first time in two years where it felt like um, we were playing free football really well. And we had players that looked like they could do damage on on the other side, rather than nicking a goal a and thinking. QPR team as well. It wasn't. It, well, it wasn't a QPR team near the bottom of the table, and and I do agree. On Wednesday, you were almost smiling on the inside, weren't you? Absolutely, you absolutely. Fuzzy little glow that that only comes when your team plays well, and you've absolute. We absolutely spanked them. Well, there's a great quote, a great quote. I picked it out for today's show that would have been, the show that will never be now. But um, this was a quote from Mark Warburton speaking, a QPR manager speaking after the game on uh, Tuesday night after that 2-0 win. So he asks, did we do enough to the, uh, or maybe he's asked by the journal, did we do enough to win the game? He says, I don't think we did tonight. Is it a fair result? Yes, I think it is. We never really tested their keeper till the end, but that's by that stage it's too late. And the bit that really struck me is you can't play if you haven't got the ball. You have to win challenges. You have to earn the right to play football. You have to win your headers. And tonight, Mill won too many of all of those, and we didn't emerge with the ball enough. Now, that's that's the first time I can think in a long while, Neil. Where did we win? The, did we win the ball enough? Did we win the headers? And it's gone Mill's way. And that's 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 a that's a backhanded compliment to us, in my opinion. By a we manager had played that... in every phase of the game. Let's be honest. Yeah. And, and confidence would have been high today. Because, yeah, they would have been because we'd have gone in with that in our minds, and it's just a shame that some referee is some upstart dis- referee. There yeah, we are. Um, yeah. I'm trying well, not to question his parentage, just in case there are people travelling back and they have got children listening in. I think I've swore one. Yeah, well, we, 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 we can. It's Millwall. We can live with it. Um, we just have to take the confidence on to Derby on on Wednesday night. Um, just want to complete by saying well done to the fans that did May 400, apparently, with, uh, made it all the way up to Blackburn for today's game to be called off at uh, 45 minutes' notice is um, shocking and and um, hats off to everyone that travelled all that way for today's game. Also, hats off to Neil for dropping everything and doing a show, um, which I'm hoping I'll get it edited fast and furious and get it online so that at least some of the chaps can listen to something on the way back on the trains coming back to London. Big thank you, Neil Fisler. Really appreciate it, mate. You would be safe to everybody who is travelling back and uh, hopefully you, hopefully, you hopefully, you, you have a few beers and... Uh, Dead in the pain. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you will get home safely and uh, yeah, we deserve free bloody tickets and and the free food I think weren't Blackburn offering consolation free food perishable yeah. food if you went into the turnstiles and uh, yeah, absolutely yeah but at giving it a program from the postponed game will now be worth something if you bought one it'd be a rarity there we go enjoy your trip back lads um, and hopefully you've enjoyed the show today so until after Wednesday from Neil and myself it's Arrivederci Mill bye for now Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. 
Arrivederci. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? 